Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Word for Work podcast, a place where we explore the intersection of personal development and faith through audio storytelling. My name is Estelle, and today we continue our journey of discovering career and faith stories beyond the borders of Malaysia. I have with me today Adeline Louis, a Malaysian who relocated with her husband Daniel to Vivi, Switzerland. Five years ago, and she has since taken up three different leadership roles in Nestle, a global leader with a passion for people and their God-given potential. Adeline is currently the global head of integrated leadership development at Nestle, where she and her team continues to trailblaze in the areas of organizational transformation. Without revealing too much, let's get right into Adeline's story as she shares the why. The what and the how that led her to where she is today, the uncertainties of relocating, integrating, and living here in Switzerland, the heart of Europe, and most importantly, about God's promises that never fails. So, here we go. How are you? Hi, I'm well, Estelle. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, happy to to get uh, reconnect again.、Uh, I still recall that we first met back in the Subang X Church about、yes. a decade ago. So oops, <laughs> yes, <laughs> time flies, and maybe we are also revealing our age to some extent, but.、Um, Happy to have you here on our Word for Work podcast, and、uh, maybe to start off, can you share a bit about yourself,、um, about your upbringing,、um, what did you do in uni, and、um, what are some of your career experiences to our listeners? Sure, and yes, that was a little bit revealing about our ages, well, especially more me than you. But gladly embracing it.、Um, yeah, my name's Adlin, and I'm from Penang, born and raised in the lovely land of Penang. I always joke to some of my Christian friends that in the Bible, when people talk about the land flowing with milk and honey, that's probably where it was describing.、Um, and、um, but I. <clears throat> continued my studies、uh, outside of Penang, and then ended up working in KL, where we met.、Uh, yes, more than a decade ago. Now that you mentioned it, and what I some background about me, um, I I was doing my、uh, high school in Methodist girls' school in Penang. It was.、Uh, Well, national school, as、uh, those of you who are from Malaysia would know, but that was where I went to Christian fellowship, and I got to know the Lord a bit there. I'll share a bit more later.、Um, thereafter, I went to university. I did chemical engineering, and was very convinced that I will be a chemical engineer. And I decided、uh, after two years of practicing that hey, I'm more excited about people. And helping them grow than just about machines, so that was when I transitioned into、uh, other areas of management, such as marketing, and then finally in HR, in learning, in talent development, and in change management. So that's a bit about me professionally. 
Oh yeah, and now I'm in Switzerland where Estelle and I are uh, based both for work, but uh, very far from each other actually. I'm on the west side of Switzerland, which is the French-speaking side. It's about an hour away from Geneva. Um, and I'm currently the head of integrated leadership development with Nestle globally. Wow, that's uh, quite a bit of uh, interesting sharing from your side, Adeline. Um, really glad that we uh, get to reconnect uh, here in Switzerland. And I still remember in one of our prep calls, you say this is not a coincidence uh, that we're both here. And we're that's so right. grateful to also um, have you uh, here continuing to make an impact uh, beyond borders. Um, super Stoke to also hear more from you. Uh, how uh, how is your career journey so far, and how did the Lord also led you from the various um, roles that you have experienced uh, back in Malaysia? And and yeah, I mean to to think about it, uh, how did you end up being in Switzerland? Yeah, we we spoke about it not being coincidental, right? Yeah. And I think that's. That's how our God is. He orchestrates such amazing things that we can't even imagine it. Uh, not that Switzerland is an end goal. I always believe, at least for, for me and my husband, Daniel, we, we believe that it's one of the things that God leads us to and through so that we can be a blessing to many others. And how it came about was, well, I was working in uh, Nestle in Malaysia, Singapore. I was the head of uh, talent and org development there. And um, we never really said, oh, I want to go to Switzerland and um, we want to uh, start a new life somewhere else. We've always been very passionate about Malaysia, about Asia, and still are uh, with what God is doing uh, with, with the generations there. But when we got the opportunity, it came because we, in my company, there was a call for a transformation work, piece of work, HR transformation, and they were looking for someone who had uh, cultural agility, who had different areas of HR or of business, who could come and be part of a global team that will help uh, support all the different geographies and markets on their transformation journeys. And I'm, I was one of the three selected from uh, our part of the world in Asia. And I'm really privileged and really blessed to say it's only God who had opened the door. And we came here to say, okay, Lord, if this is your will, then you show us and you provide for us. And it was uh, very supernatural because even you mentioned X Church, yeah, we were uh, attending and were uh, leaders in X Church at that time. So we spoke to our pastors, Pastor Kenneth, Pastor Sandra, and prayed with them. And they felt the peace to say, hey, you know, we think uh, uh, God's calling you. And through others as well, our parents, our spiritual people, uh, uh, leaders we looked up to, there was a lot of confirmation from them, but also from the Word of God, that we knew we were being sent out for a reason, uh, for uh, to, to a land not quite like our own, but to know that it's not just for work, but that God will bring across our paths people that we are going to be called to bless and to have an impact with. or And in, our, in, in that path, uh, be a blessing, but also be blessed. So that was how God called us here about five years ago. 
Wow, that's that's truly <laughs> amazing, right? Uh, when we also look back at how um, how everything fall into place uh, naturally, and um, I'm sure as as you shared that um, your heart was very much with Malaysia, with Asia at that time. Uh, but of course, um, throughout your different career experiences, I, I believe you have uh, a lot of exposure to different uh, culture. So you mentioned culture, agility. Um, how, how was your integration experience into Switzerland? Because um, being here myself for two years plus now, um, they have also quite a mix of international uh, expatriates um, being part of the workforce, uh, but also Switzerland is known for their very, um, let's say, localized uh, <laughs> cultures and traditions. And although they have also multi-languages as part of their official language, four language, and English is unfortunately not one of them. So can you share a bit uh, how how was your integration experience and, and how also did the Lord help you um, to overcome certain challenges, uh, especially moving here with your partner? Oh, that's a very, very good question. And for the rest of the listeners who is part of this podcast, um, who are tuning in and going like, really? We thought Switzerland is super international. It is. So 25% of the total workforce of the people are actually internationals. Uh, people like Estelle, myself, and many others. But this is a country that has existed like long before time, if I may say, um, with regards to their culture, their, um, they, they are very strong with, hey, but this is how we've done it before in the past. So integration was not very easy, to be honest, in the beginning. And here's where I won't call it arrogance, but I will call it naivety on my part. Because I, I mean, I'm a Penangite, you know, and for those of you who are Malaysians and Penang, Penangite, you kind of know we come from almost like a, um, like a cultural melting pot, you know. You can you have a, uh, uh, Malays, Chinese, Indians, Nonias, uh, or Peranakan. Sorry for the babas. Yes, I am Peranakan as well. So I didn't mean to leave you out, and many other uh, ethnic uh, groups in Penang. And so growing up, uh, this was always you know you had uh, in your face different types of culture. My my dad's side of the family, a lot of them live in the US. So. I thought like, okay, piece of cake, you know, um, it's it's not going to be too hard to integrate or to transition. But I realized that whenever um, we move, the not just culture changes, but context changes. And when I was in Malaysia, I had a lot more uh, the support of my family, my friends, my church mates who were geographically with me. And uh, when I made that shift to Switzerland in the initial stages, um, one of the key boo-boos was that assuming that you can get by with English. <laughs> and then Estelle, you, you would remember, you would have experienced that. And in here, well, a lot of people speak French because French is one of the official languages in my part. And uh, Estelle mentioned four, yes. So that's Swiss German, French, Italian, and Romanche. English didn't make the list. And uh, understanding that, hey, this is how people communicate here, that was really important to me um, to, to really have a sense check to say, hey, if I really want to integrate, 
if I really want to be a blessing to my neighbor, if I really want to go beyond my expat bubble, then I need to make sure I speak the language of the locals. And even if it's broken French, because people here are so kind and so encouraging, even when I don't speak perfect, and I don't speak perfect French, they kind of know what I'm trying to say and they know that I will, I'm trying to make it halfway. Uh, and that's helped a lot. Uh, what also helps was also that I, I was able to find a very good church here to be part of, to belong in the family. It's called C3 Lausanne. Uh, it's part of the C3 churches. And uh, my pastors here, Pastor Thierry, Pastor Marion and the team, they were absolutely helpful with uh, my transition and with the integration and culture because they've also uh, lived elsewhere before and, and they knew how hard it is for people from other parts of the world coming to Switzerland if they are not ready. So that helped, their, not just their support, but the support of the church because it's a bilingual church. It's uh, the, everything, the messages, the worship, uh, announcements are both in French and in English. So other than uh, being able to receive on a Sunday, I'm also able to give because uh, Daniel and I, my husband and I, we were uh, entrusted with uh, uh, the uh, accountability and the empowerment to start a, a connect group, which is like a cell group, which is international. So we have French speakers and English speakers and people from all around the world as part of our connect group and our pastors really trusted us for that. So it's not just where we could receive, it's also where we gave and can continue to give. So I think that community helped a lot with uh, our integration and with our transition. We've got people there all the way from the States, uh, from um, uh, Mexico, from our part of the world in Asia. Uh, we've got people from Africa and of course we've got people in Europe. And I think that um, community reminded us about how God loves us all uh, and how because he makes us different, that diversity becomes a strength. So that really helped a lot, that community. And finally, I think what helped a lot with uh, the integration has been just understanding God much better and what he wants from us this season. So coming from Malaysia, well, as some of you are in Asia, you know that culture of always on, that uh, uh, you deliver not just 100%, but 110%. You're always connected, always doing. And we came with that, Daniel and I, uh, to a place that has... Uh, that, yes, there's a lot of uh, achievement uh, required as well, but there's also a lot on the focus of not just doing, but being, um, taking some time. So for, for those of our listeners, on Sundays, none of our shopping malls are open. <laughs> so if you want to do any grocery shopping, you kind of really have to plan it between Mondays and Saturdays. Uh, and, and, and then people go like, yeah, then, then what do you do on Saturday, Sunday? Well, you, you do what you need to do. So for some of us, it's going to church, it's giving back to the community. And for a lot of people, it's going up to the mountains, spending time as a family, going to the lake uh, and, and just being and, and not be hurried. So that last piece was, I think, the, the biggest for me to remember that it's not about just doing and just achieving things for God. 
but to know that He has a plan and He has a purpose and to just rest in Him. And I think that was the biggest thing that I was reminded about in His promises, that He is faithful and He is true. I think I told you this, Estelle, in our catch-up. The first week we were here, I think on, on not even not even on past a week, it was a Friday, I remember it so vividly. I looked at Daniel and we looked at each other and we go like, oh, did, did we just do this? Did we relocate? What in the world are we thinking? It's, an, it's a very expensive place. It's not like we are making, uh, you know, fantastic amounts of money and, and, and we, we know then this is the path. We, we've got a strong heart for Asia and for Malaysia and for the people there. It's like, what are we doing uh, sitting here? And will we make it? And God, you know, you, you've brought us here. You say to to trust you and then you'll bring us to a land that you will show us oh, what did you want to achieve. And at that moment, a rainbow appeared by the lake where we were sitting. It was so evident that people stopped their bicycles and cars, got out and started taking photos. And I remembered in my heart, heart of hearts, that I felt such a confirmation from the Lord that I started to cry because I knew His promises were true then and His promises are still true now. And He will not lead us somewhere that He is not there. And He will not ask us to do something that He will not provide for. And now fast forward five years later from that exact moment where we were reminded again of His promises. I'm just filled with so much gratitude because He has been the one to keep doing all that He can do in and through our lives and around our lives and we are just bowled over by His faithfulness and His promises. Wow, amen indeed. And thanks for, for sharing that, uh, the different instances that the Lord has been so evident. Um, I think uh, it speaks a lot um, to to just look back and then realize that, hey, um, this is where the Lord wants us to be and this is what He wants us to do. Uh, but also, um, I very like to emphasize that uh, it's not just about doing, like like you just shared, right? It's also yeah. about being. And uh, that was also rather a, a culture shock for me when I came here because, um, I mean, being in Malaysia, we have all these services um, being available for us. It's just in a, a tap of our fingertips. We can order something, midnight, uh, mama culture and stuff like that. And here is like, even Saturday, 5 p.m., if you miss that, uh, then you, you might go hungry because you forgot your groceries. So yeah. it's definitely a, a big change. But uh, I think... The Lord has already provided us the needed uh, life skill sets to be adaptable, um, just having to plan ahead. And I also like to, to end, uh, really appreciate your uh, encouragement to say that, hey, being integrated to a, a local culture is not just about, let's say, trying to, to receive what they have to give, um, mm -hmm. but also trying to meet them halfway um, trying to learn the local language, um, extend our hands, and really cool to also see how you and Daniel 
um, are starting a connect group. I think that's uh, a really cool uh, testimony that the, the Lord is already uh, leveraging on your strengths to uh, make impact uh, in the in a local community or, or even with international people. So really, really uh, blessed to to hear about that, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a, a real encouragement hearing it from you. And yeah, it's mm. it's just, it's, it's, it's really God's plan, right? That we don't just come to a, a new land and say, what can we get? Mm. But also, what can we give? And uh, it's very biblical that he has said that in, in the past, even when in the Old Testament, when uh, the Israelites were brought out of Israel, he always told them to declare peace, shalom, to bless their land, to be prospering where they're planted. We are, we are all called to be so much more than just takers. Yep. Amen. Amen. Uh, we should continue this heart of, of giving and sowing. And then, yeah, it's, it's really a, a blessing um, to be a blessing to others. That is sure. Cool. Um, so uh, taking a bit of a, a different perspective now, deep diving into your current role. So mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to also uh, take the chance to, to do a bit of promotion and spotlight that uh, <laughs> Adeline has been recently celebrated uh, as one of the six 2022 Global HR's Rising Star. Um, and it's actually an award um, by... Human Resource Executive Magazine. Uh, it's, it is based in the US uh, and it is an award that recognizes outstanding individuals like Adeline uh, in their impactful work with a conviction for inclusivity and diversity. So once again, congratulations Thank for you. having that award. Um, and uh, I think it was really cool to also mention that uh, one of your work uh, together with your team uh, in Nestle regarding how we can uh, personalize leadership development for 30,000 leaders in Nestle. So that's quite a huge amount. It's, a, <laughs> it's the same amount as our number of employees in the company that Andrew and I work with. So we were super over, like, wow, <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking at the numbers. So um, this leadership development program uh, has also been recently featured on Forbes magazine. So super cool. Um, wow. Uh, so I was wondering, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you, yeah, how, how did you uh, manage to, to make such an impact uh, in, a, in a short time with your team? So you mentioned five years you've been here in VV um, Nestle headquarters with your team. How, how uh, was your journey of, um, let's mm. say, leading your team towards uh, this impactful work? And uh, yeah, maybe you can share with us more about that journey. Sure. And and firstly, thank you. And really, I know sometimes people say this uh, just like a, a topper or a caption, but really all glory to the Lord. It's really, really all Him. And um, I think it will be it will be a shame if I don't say a little bit about the context uh, before going deep into this. And I hope you don't mind, Estelle. I, I came... Uh, from a, a non-Christian family, keyword came, 
today my parents are both believers, uh, so is my sister. Um, but when I was growing up, I we didn't believe in Jesus Christ uh, as our Lord and Savior yet. And I, I think I told you I was part of a Methodist girls' school, and I was, uh, um, and I had some exposure there in the CF. But additionally, I, I was quite a naughty kid when I was growing up, and my mom didn't know what to do with me. And one of my cousins, uh, more more senior than I am, she said to my mom, "Hey, you know what? There's this vacation Bible school that the local church runs." And uh, they are good influence on kids. Uh, for lack of a better word, I, I don't know if they will fix your child or <laughs> I don't know if she said they will fix your child or they're good influences on kids. And I, I remember I was 10 years old. I was uh, struggling with some parts of my identity because I was, uh, I was the eldest in my child, but I was raised in a family together with my cousin. So I was like middle child syndrome. I was trying to uh, carve out a path for who I think I am while wanting to please my parents in very, very traditional Peranakan family, you know, uh, dad and mom, you want to get that approval. So I, my, my parents then said, yeah, let's, let's send her there. And through these periods, I, I realized that there is a God who loves me for who I am, not what I can do. And living and growing up in a high achievement family where my cousin, who was one year older than I was, uh, it, it was a head girl, you know, and, and there was this whole, okay, academic and also leadership path that, you know, we, we, we are all called to excel in. I came to know about a God who is interested in me. And I saw that in the lives of the people around that. Uh, in church, that they were not just there to acknowledge the high achievers, but they were there to help people grow. And that was what struck me. Uh, thereafter, of course, I, I gave my life to Christ and made that personal decision for myself. And that's the, the best decision I've ever done, hands down. If you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus Christ yet and you're wondering, is he worth it? I challenge you to ask him to say, if you're real, will you show up in my dreams? Will you show up in people around me? And I guarantee you, it, it will be the best decision of your life. And, and that was for me. And once I accepted him, it was not always a, a rosy path. But I remember that one of those defining moments was when I was 16 years old. Where, and I, I won't share the testimony here today. I'm, I'm sure we will have other opportunities if we meet face to face or whatnot. But I realized that I'm saved not just for me, I'm saved so that I can be a blessing to others. And one of it was that I will help other people grow. And that has always been that strong anchor in me all along to say, okay, Lord, my life is in your hands. Show me how you want me to invest it in others. Because freely I, I have received, and therefore I have no other option but to freely give. It, it's such, it's His grace. It's different if I didn't experience it, but I did, and I still do. So therefore, when you ask that question about uh, this that God has done through myself, my team, 
it's really from that expression to say that, Lord, we when we did what we were doing as a team, it was never to say, okay, we want to win this award or we want to go for that. But we were scratching our heads about how do we help people grow? And how do we help people realize those God-given values that are in them and bring it to pass? So um, a little bit about my time here. So when I first came here for the first year and a half, I was uh, in a different role. I was doing HR transformation and I was uh, working with various countries, uh, Philippines, Indonesia, of course, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, Japan, Korea, um, Poland, the Baltics, uh, 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 Serbia, Croatia, different countries, Colombia, with helping the business transform, helping HR transform. But I realized that a lot of what I wanted to do was also helping not just the organization transform for the future so that we are ready for the future of work, but it was also helping people transform, helping them upskill, helping them grow, helping them develop. And then I, I took on the role in corporate uh, talent in HR, in leadership development. And we said, how do we reach more people? So Nestle, we have about 270,000 uh, employees all around the world, but we've got about 30,000 what we call people leaders. And working for and in an organization where you've got such spread and scale, there, there are opportunities to, to make an impact. But I knew as well, we spoke about the culture and the context of where we operated in. It was not possible to say, okay, this is that one size fits all. Everyone roll out. Um, we could try, but that's just not Nestle. Uh, that's not... Uh, the, the context of the organization that we operate in. Because in Nestle, we believe a lot, not just in top-down, but very much on bottom-up as well. We believe in uh, the local people, going global, but going local. So we have to find ways to individualize and personalize uh, journeys where the individual markets would be able to take that on and have that freedom within a frame to help people grow. So... That was where it was coming from. And to say that, and, and it's such a joy because these are also then very anchored in my values, right? To help people grow and to recognize that each person comes to the table with a God element already in them. And to let them have that agency to, to take that and uh, shape that into who uh, they want to be, uh, building on who they are. And that was actually the crux of what we were trying to do. And uh, with the pandemic, when it hit us, we had already uh, put some of these things in place. And my team was saying, ah, oh, you know, Adeline, maybe it looks like uh, this would be impaired because uh, it's pandemic, we can't meet face to face and people are focused on many other things. I said, yeah, but we have to find ways to be agile and adapt so that people can leverage this if they need it. Because especially in times of uncertainty uh, and trials and what we saw in the pandemic, more and more people actually need certainty. More and more people reach out for comfort. More and more uh, people look to their leaders to say, can you help me that support? And therefore, as an organization and as Christians, we need to find ways to support people and give them tools and things in their hands that they can help their teams. And that's what I really believe in, that we don't impose on people, but we give 
people the support that they need so that they can have the right tools, they can have the right experiences to provide support to the people who look up to them. And that's a multiplier effect that I really believe that God has called every one of us to be and to do. You know, to be salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. And that just uh, took on and took on a life on its own. And, and when Forbes uh, uh, saw it and, and they featured it, we were just blown away that we thought, oh, yeah, but, you know, we're just helping people, leaders. But I guess sometimes the little things that we do or have a part in doing, uh, God can take it and make it really big because that's exactly what happened. 23 different markets, so that's more than 40 old countries, took that and then say, how do we help upskill our people leaders so that they can support people and create a, an inclusive uh, environment and an inspiring environment for people to grow. So that was what happened and we are just stoked as well. So wouldn't have been able to do it without my team. They're, they're amazing. Yeah, definitely. Teamwork makes dream works. And yes. uh, the Lord makes the dream even bigger than the, ourselves. I, I really like how um, you started with sharing a bit of your, your context. So how how did your upbringing also, um, let's say, ignite that innate ability um, and your passion for people? I think that was uh, really uh, heart, heartfelt to to uh, listen into oh. and I think in a lot of contexts uh, we we tend to um, let's say relate to role models today uh, or our leaders that hey um, this person might have already good connections or have outstanding skills and so on uh, but in a lot of times when we take our uh, attention to even look back on how we were brought up um, coming from humble beginnings and so on, or the challenges that we have faced um, also at the early stages of our career, um, instead of, let's say, being discontent, right, of where we are mm -hmm. today, um, a lot of times if we pay a little bit more attention, we might realize that those are really opportunities where we can um, take on and, and shine. And like you said in, in your example, very prominently, in the pandemic and you're trying to introduce with your team a leadership program um, in in a in a very unique uh, environment so everybody was already um, maybe worrying about how they could even um, maintain their health levels um, meet their families who are so close by but can't be reachable mm -hmm. due to closure of borders and so on how do you really bring in value to enable the, the leaders of your organization because those are the lighthouses, uh, especially in in a big organization like Nestle, how the team members uh, would get support. So really, really, again, uh, thank you for sharing that uh, backstory. I think that's uh, really inspiring uh, to hear and I believe this would also help a lot of our listeners um, to relate it back to their own challenges and, and find opportunities to to shine and um, yeah realize their god-given potential as you nicely put it amen. amen cool um i guess uh we have also shared a, a lot um and i was wondering um with the with the very strong passion you have for people, I believe there's a, there's always a lot that you feel you can do 
uh, how do you actually balance that uh, with your own personal needs, uh, not being, let's say, physically or emotionally exhausted, right? Because we have our limitations. Can you share um, maybe a few practical tips on how our listeners can balance that? Oh, that's that's really real, right? Especially in this day and age, as we spoke about that always on thing and and you know you have the drive, you want to do a lot, and then you go like, oh yeah, you got twenty four hours in a day. Then how do you carve that out? And especially if you want to give your best. Uh, it's not just the best at work, but also the best to your community. You want to give the best to your family. I think it's a it's a very real situation and a very real predicament, if I may say. And yet, I think um, one thing that's really helped for me is to remember that our God is the God of the Sabbath, and that Sabbath uh, was made for men and not men for Sabbath. This is a truth that I realized much later in my life than I, I wish I had known earlier. I mean, you always know it when you read the Bible, but to really experience it. And maybe I can share a bit uh, what I mean by that. I recall um, this was during the HR transformation work, and I was flying from uh, Seoul, uh, Korea, uh, to Malaysia and from Malaysia I had to go to uh, Europe again Switzerland and then I was going to fly to Belgrade which was in Serbia and it was just like back to back to back and I remember one time when I came back from Incheon airport touching down in Kuala Lumpur I was so sick I was so exhausted that I couldn't get out of my chair in in in, in the airplane and I struggled with a lot of difficulty. And finally, in Kuala Lumpur International Airport, they had to get someone with a wheelchair to wheel me out. And I was vomiting. I was, I was just in terrible shape. And I messaged Daniel and I said, Dear, you, I really need your help, you know, because normally, you know, how it's like at the airport, you just go out, uh, hop, uh, get out at gate five, you know, and then you spot your car and you get in. I'm, I cannot move. And the people in Malaysia, you know how they are. They're so kind, so warm. And they're like, no, we'll take care of you. They came out with the wheelchair. They wheeled me out to the car. I still remember Daniel picked me up and we went straight for medical attention. I got an IV drip. I got some uh, injections. And he said, don't worry, I'm here. And I realized then then that I had been overworking and I had just stretched myself beyond what I was physically uh, called to do. And, and that was a sign to say, you know what? The world will carry on with or without Adeline Louis. The sun will still rise tomorrow. And in the end, the people who are closest to you, they're the ones paying for your mistakes of overstretching yourself and I remember God reminding me again that my child I love you I want you to have rest uh, Jesus was very clear come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest rest is not a bad word it is from the Lord and it 
it's not easy, right, for us Malaysians. We, you know, we, we want to keep doing, uh, we want to keep doing at work, we want to keep serving, and all this is great. But always remember the God whom we serve than just the acts that we do. And that was a huge one for me. And I still need to remind myself, uh, some days I, I still take it a bit too far. Uh, because I manage a global scope, so sometimes I'm up very early for a call with Asia or Oceania and then staying very late for a call with the US. But I keep myself reminded that, hey, it is by the grace of God and it's His strength that carries me. And if it's Him who is doing it, then I need to make sure I honour Him, that He's at the centre, not the works, and not to be distracted with much serving, be it in the office or in the church, but to remember the God whom I work for, the God whom I serve, and put Him at the center. Amen. That is so Amen. true. And uh, thanks again for the reminder. I believe that is really relevant for this day and age um, of this always-on culture. I think I also um, can relate very much to, to the work we're doing right now um, because we're in IT and there's a lot of also... Uh, the, the backlog is always longer, never never short, and everything needs to be prioritized. But again, knowing that we are meant to, to really have rest and find rest in Him, especially Amen. on Sundays, dedicating that uh, day to, to our Father, I think that is um, for sure, is, I would even say something, we, it's part of our responsibility to do so. Um, and we should do it with a with a joyful heart, right? Not as a chore. Or, Amen. Or mm. yeah, not as uh, a chore. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, so we are nearing to the end of our episode. And uh, like similar uh, episodes this year, we wanted to try something a bit different, what we call a rapid fire round, so that our okay. listeners get a bit of chance to, to know you better candidly. Um, so here I have prepared, let's say, two to three uh, questions and it starts with would you rather so Ooh, okay. let us know when you're ready and then I will start okay fire away <laughs> I breathe so, <laughs> <laughs> the first one would you rather build the ark or Solomon's palace mm. this is a tough one um, I think for me it will be the ark because something about me about um, doing something that's necessary, that's pragmatic, that's going to save the world. But at the same time, it would be so cool to build uh, Sol uh, Solomon's Palace because then you don't have the thought at the back of your mind, wow, a majority of the population are going to be wiped out. So, But mm -hmm. still, the ark. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Great. Second question. Would you rather fight Goliath or lions and bears? Hmm. I really love animals, so it's got to be Goliath. Okay. <laughs> but we all know that David fought lions and bears first before he got he fought Goliath. Indeed, but but yes. that ties in really nice with your building the ark to also save the animals. So <laughs> That's really Yes, cool. I love animals. And then the, the last rapid fire question for today, would you rather be a shepherd or be a fisherman? Hmm. I would go with shepherd. Um, I, I well, firstly, and, and this is totally silly. I'm born in Penang, lived in Penang, but I can't swim. Mm. 
So that would be a very dangerous profession for me uh, as a fisherman. Uh, and yes, shepherd sounds really good. Either that or I have this romanticized picture in my mind about, you know, being in the hills, rolling hills with sheep. But yep. <laughs> really cool. And uh, thanks for, for sharing candidly. Um, so maybe before we end our episode, uh, would you like to, what, what kind of key takeaway message you would like to share with our listeners, uh, especially what has the Lord taught you in this season? No, thanks for that. And I was uh, feeling the Lord putting it on my heart. So I think, I, and it's not so much this season, and I hope you don't mind that, Estelle. I, I think there's some of uh, our uh, very precious people li listening to this that I I believe God wants uh, you to hear this, that God is a God of humble beginnings as well. You spoke a bit about it uh, earlier about, hey, sometimes some of us have a little bit of a, uh, a head start in life. You know, we've got a little bit more privilege or we've got a little bit more X or Y. We come from families uh, with who can help set us up. I want to let you know that our God turns a shepherd into a king. He's that kind of God. And he's able to use your five loaves and two fish to feed thousands. And our God is a God who recognizes humble beginnings. And he's there for you in that humble beginning. You are not alone. So that he will continue to be the one to take those little that you give to him. Of course, it's your choice to submit to him. And then he's going to make it awesome and great. Not, sorry to say, not for you, but for many others around you. And that will be awesome. I just want to really call that out because I know it's not an easy time to be a young working adult in Malaysia. And sometimes you look at your paycheck and you go like, oh, or, or you look at your schedule and you go like, mm, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more money so that I can be a better blessing. You know what? Just by being who God has called you to be, being that light in your workplace, that light in your family, you already are that blessing. If you can't give a lot, but even if you can give a little to a charity of your choice, time, uh, to a ministry that you believe in, into meeting someone for a coffee and ministering one-on-one, -on -one, watch what God will do. He's going to be amazing with that little investments and he's going to multiply it many times over. And yes, I joke and I said, yes, yeah, not just for you, it's for people. But you know what? In order to overflow and to be abundant, you yourself will be filled. I just wanted to say that because I know some of us here have humble beginnings and it's really okay and it's awesome. I, I, I haven't told you this, Estelle. My first job, first plus job, I had to relocate and I had to find a place to live. I had very limited budget and I didn't know, okay, where can I live? I found a little uh, a room rented out in Petaling Jaya. I will not tell you where because some of you know that place is still there. I went back last Christmas and I saw, oh, this building's still here. And it was so small. The room was so tiny, but it was enough for me, for my uh, makeshift uh, mattress. It was enough for a, a little table for, for me to work, for a little uh, cupboard for me to put my work clothes. It was so small that it had only one window and the window opened into a kitchen. <laughs> and uh, I was just reminded that when I came back uh, to Malaysia last Christmas to see my family, I saw it and I went like, hey, not bad, right? Uh, that was where I started and it's okay. 
it's really okay. I remember my mom saying, okay, here's 250 bucks. I know you don't have money, but you need money to, to pay the rent. Um, and we were not a family that was like lavish. We, we didn't have a lot of money, but we always had enough. And a lot of people say, hey, um, you know, you, you come from a middle income, lower middle income family. Uh, how did it feel uh, growing up not rich? And I used to tell people, you know what? I never realized we were not rich. We were rich. We had so much joy. We had so much laughter. We were always there for each other. I come from a very rich family. Um, and, and I want to tell you, God in heaven is your father. You come from a really rich family. You've got all the resources you need and more. And God's going to bless you. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, amen. And amen. I think God is definitely the provider for us. Uh, we have enough. And uh, he even gave his uh, precious son to us, which is um, the most precious gift for us uh, without even earning it. So I think amen. that is definitely um, something that we should cherish something we should have uh, our faith in into our sovereign God and don't let the circumstances um, affect our our fear of what the future lies or so on rest in Him I think those are really some of the key takeaways that I also personally get from your session today Adeline and once again thank you so so much for uh, coming on to our uh, little ministry here. Uh, Andrew and I are so blessed to have you on. Um, and I believe that this story is not only an inspiration to the two of us, but will multiply um, as we pass this on to our listeners. And may um, you who are listening out there pay it forward uh, as well, share it with a friend. And um, yeah. So we hope that um, this serves as an inspiration to all the work professionals out there and um, may you be a blessing to others. We hope Amen. to see you in the next episode. Uh, thank you and uh, God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a privilege to be with you all. Thank you for tuning in to this week's release of Word for Work. Do follow us on our socials and subscribe for more content. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye.